Welcome to the Off the Woodwork podcast. Here we are, it's late January in Melbourne, Australian opening time, the city's buzzing, temperatures are in their mid-30s, and we're sort of coming up to about is it round nine of the A-League, so we're getting into the heart of it now. We seem to be past the worst of COVID, and the competition's getting back into a bit of a more of a normal shape. How are you going, Giuseppe? Oh, doing very well. Very excited for the show with a very special guest. So I think you'll introduce them. But uh, yeah. Okay. So yes, today we're honoured to have uh, Paul Temple on the show. Paul is the uh, director at the uh, Wellington Phoenix Academy. The, 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 the Academy, we'll get Paul to talk to us, but the Academy at the Wellington Phoenix has been one of the real, real success stories of the club. It's something that was started. I'm going to say it was masterminded by um, Ernie Merrick. In a way, he was quite instrumental in setting it up back in his time at the Phoenix. But we'll get Paul to speak to it. But a lot of good players have come through the uh, Phoenix Academy. Most recently, you'd look at Alex Coulson, who came off the bench. He came in to uh, be very instrumental in that FFA Cup win against uh, Melbourne City, your team, Giuseppe. So there's great things happening at the Academy. Uh, welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Good to be here. Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, you, well, you were, I think, second major guest, uh, Paul. We had Scott Jameson on the show uh, two weeks ago, and he gave us a great insight into what's going on at Melbourne City. So, perhaps just to start off, Paul, could you just tell us about, you know, how the Phoenix are tracking generally? It's another year on the road, no home games. Seems to me a pretty tough situation. How do you see it, mate? Yes, yeah, an incredibly tough situation for everybody involved at the club across all the all the different departments. I guess. Um, look, it's for most fans that follow the A League. They're seeing a lot of games postponed at the moment due to COVID outbreak. Um, but I guess the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that perhaps um, supporters are probably um, not aware of and just in terms of kind of what the impact that that has on the organisation and the event management and trying to do that um, while you're based in Wellington and uh, have a team based in a different city in a different country. Um, it creates a lot of uh, a lot of tension and a lot of challenges. And, you know, that's just a uh, the kind of operational side of things. I think uh, what the what Ufi and the team are doing at the moment, the sacrifices they've made over the last two and a half seasons uh, is incredible, really. And um, yeah, we we owe a lot to those players and, and the staff that are making those kind of sacrifices, being away from home and, and having to kind of uh, play pretty much all the time away from home. Um, and no home games it is really tough. And I know we're not the only team that's doing that right now. Um, Perth are in the midst of this as well, right? Um, so it's um, it's a challenging situation. Um, and it's all just to try and um, ensure that we get a good product and football in the A-League happening. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of sacrifice that goes on and there's a lot of people working really hard behind the scenes to try and make sure we get a competitive Phoenix team out there that our fans can be proud of uh, and keep you know, playing in the A-League and making sure that the A-League product is still as good as it can be. Um, yeah. So, yeah, everyone's, it's a very challenging time for the whole league. Um, but, yeah, we've certainly um, got some extra challenges just being based in Australia full-time and, and not having that accessibility to to our first teams, both men and women. 
And what's just tell us a bit about your role at the uh, at the academy, Paul. Um, so, as a, as a coaching director. Yes, I'm the academy director. Um, I have been now for the last uh, five years, and the academy has has been a a really ever growing project. I guess uh, you mentioned before around Ernie Merrick. I was fortunate enough that my first uh, year here at the Phoenix uh, overlapped with Ernie's final season at the club, so um, I got a, a small insight into the, the great man that he is and uh, and. Uh, and the real impact that he had on the Phoenix and particularly in the youth side of things. And so we've grown exponentially really from, from those times and, and we're now at a point where uh, our, our academy model um, is starting to sort of bear fruit in terms of players into the first team. Um, so yeah, things are going, going well for us at the moment in the academy space with the youth players. Um, but it's uh, it's been a project that yeah it's been going on now for sort of four or five years um, and even uh, further. Um, but um, yeah, we started off very small with just a reserve team, which is made up of young players, and then we're now at a point now where we've kind of got eight teams and uh, and twenty one staff, and and things are uh, things are really starting to kind of happen in this space. So it's a uh, it's a big beast nowadays. Giuseppe, have you got any uh, you got any questions there? Oh, yeah, I do. So what are some of the biggest challenges you have down there, like at the academy? Like I'm not talking COVID related stuff, like in regards to like teaching the players, what's involved in being a player, including like social commitments and all that. Yeah, I think like with most youth programs, um, initially you have that challenge, which is a, the balance of education and football. Uh, most of the players, of course, going through their schooling. So um, the commitment it takes from them to train full time um, and to study full time at school is always a challenge and to get that balance right for their for their kind of well-being as well as their future because uh, not every player is going to become a professional with the, with the Phoenix and in the A-League. So you, the programme that you run has got to have a good balance and that's, uh, that's always a challenge because the football is the glamorous bit, right? Um, and that's the bit that everybody kind of really wants to get their teeth into. But um, we're trying to create good young men and good young women to, uh, to be able to go out into the, the world. And if that means professional football, fantastic. But if there's some... Uh, other things that they do in life we want them to have good life skills and teach them um, teach them things like resilience and uh, the capacity to be able to adapt and, and change and really we're just using football as the vehicle to do that um, and so a lot of it is about kind of creating good people um, and then the challenge um, for us in New Zealand is to ensure that the football product that we offer, we have the best people that can work in the academy to deliver in their specialist department, whether that be coaching, sports science, medical, um, wellness, health and well-being. Um, so we're trying to get the best people. And that's a that's a challenge because, um, you know, there's lots of other full-time football roles in the country and overseas. And uh, Wellington doesn't have the nicest weather, guys, as I'm sure you're aware. So getting people to, to come and move down here is not always easy. Um, but yeah, so those are probably the biggest things, just making sure we have the best staff for our young players and to make sure we get the balance between um, the football 
sacrifice and the football component that the players go through and and their kind of education and uh, and where they take those things are the players at all restricted to what they can or cannot like say on social media or is that more of a you know when they're in the first team kind of issue yeah, look, it's uh, it's something that is a lot more magnified when you get to the first team, just in terms of profile. Um, and look, this is probably something that we're learning as we go as well, because um, the academy is starting to get players into the first team now uh, on a more regular basis, um, and social media is becoming more of a more and more high profile in terms of that. So it's something that we're kind of learning as we go. Um, but yeah, look. So far, we haven't um, we haven't had too many problems in that space, um, and I think it kind of boils down to what I was saying before. If you if you put a lot of work and effort into trying to create good young people, then uh, how they kind of portray themselves in those in those situations on social media, etc., is part of of that growing up process. Um, so um, that education's a really important part of it. Um, but now, look, we we don't specifically say um what they can and can't do on social media what they can and can't post um it's also important to recognize individuality and authenticity so you kind of want them to be themselves um but it's a it's a balancing act obviously of kind of how they portray themselves as a, a aspiring professional athlete as well mm. and um so i'm just thinking of some of the players that come to mind of the academy even think about someone like Louis Fenton, who stayed at the Phoenix, obviously. Um, I want to say, I was wondering about Tyler Boyd, whether he was part of the academy. Um, he obviously went to the United States. Uh, you've had guys like James McGarry and Alex Paulson who have came in this year. Um, do you sort of, I mean, the, the ones that have come and gone, do they sort of keep in touch with you, Paul, and do you keep in touch with them? Is it, is it kind of like an ongoing connection? They'll, if they end up playing in India, which a lot of players are now as well. Do they still reach back for a bit of advice now and then? Yeah, I mean, look, Louis is, uh, Louis is sort of Mr. Wellington Phoenix, right? Um, he's probably uh, the first sort of real player that came out of the youth system. Um, at that time, it wasn't a, an academy. It was just uh, a few uh, youth players that the club sort of invested in uh, while Ernie was here. Um, and that was the, the origins of it, really. So Louis kind of been with us since those days and is, is still in the Phoenix um, and so he's a great role model for us. Um, I think the kind of the key players that have come out of the, the academy as we know it now, sort of the first ones to really crack the first team were Liberado, Kakache yeah. and Sarpreet yes. Singh um, and so those two were quite big players for us in terms of, uh, of just getting into the A-League and then obviously doing well and, and getting moves over to Europe. Um, so it's um, that was a bit of a game changer in the academy space. And since then, we've had the likes of Ben Wayne and, and uh, mm. Sam Sutton and Alex and, and Ben Old most recently. Um, and then Oscar Van Haddam's been kind of getting a few minutes off the bench. Um, James McGarry came through our academy um, and sort of had a one spell and then is now in his second spell with the clubs. Um, so it's really nice in terms of when mm. we're actually when we're actually in Wellington, Jimmy, we've, uh, we have mm. a great system where the boys pop down to train in and show their face and meet the kids and sort of hang out and spend some time with them. 
that's one of the uh, things we've really missed um, since yeah. they've been based overseas um, with the COVID situation. Um, but look, generally speaking, the guys are fantastic. Um, when we run some camps and stuff in Wellington, they always come down and talk to the young kids and um, and meet the academy players. We've actually got a camp starting tomorrow. We've got a few of them, Alex being one of them, who's going to talk to the guys uh, over Zoom now. But they're really good at giving back. When Libby came back in the off-season, he came back and visited everyone and said hello. So that's the really nice part of the academy is the, um, the boys are really still very humble and, and they kind of appreciate um, the academy when they grew up and they, they kind of give more than they need to um, in, in return. So it's it's awesome to see that. One one more for me before I throw back to Giuseppe, but what's your view? It's, it's debated over here about the expansion teams and... Obviously, they've expanded out to West Melbourne. Well, further than West Melbourne, really, with Western United out into the Western Victoria, and then the other uh, Macarthur team that's come in this year. What's your view on another New Zealand team? Do you think it would serve to uh, uh, sort of create a derby for the Phoenix and magnify it in New Zealand, or do you think it would dilute the talent? What's your sort of thoughts? Yeah, probably a little bit of both. Um, look, the talent pool is getting bigger, and um, and without a doubt, Auckland is the biggest kind of population base and the biggest numbers in terms of football. Um, so that's probably the obvious place that it would be. Um, but I think it's really important it's done right. Um, we've seen in the past a few sort of failed attempts of an Auckland-based A-League team that didn't quite work out uh, with, the, with the Knights. A uh, bit better with the Kings, but eventually sort of um, that, that uh, fell away as well. So... I think it's important that it's done properly. And I think if it's done properly, then you see the real benefits in the A-League now of, of these derbies, right? The Victory versus City and, and Western Sydney Wanderers and Sydney FC and the like. And those games attract a lot of attention and uh, big crowds. And, and I, so I think it, it can be really healthy and it can be fantastic for the league and, and for New Zealand um, having two teams. But we just probably need to ensure that it's done right and... Uh, and that we can have that longevity, uh, which I think everyone would, would want from the A-League side of things. Yeah, just the last one from me. Uh, what are some of the values that the Wellington Phoenix uh, lives by? The Phoenix is a real family club. I think that's that's evident when you, when you get here. Um, people really want to look after each other and uh, and they kind of protect each other. And, and I think that's that's something that I certainly felt when I arrived at the Phoenix. And I think um, people um, still try to ensure that we're, we're like that um, when new people come into the organisation. Um, I think we also reflect a lot of the New Zealand values, which is kind of that uh, humbleness and hardworking and People are people are always going above and beyond what they're probably what their role is or what their job description says to make sure that we we do our best. Um, and that's certainly the case in the academy. We've got an amazing group of staff that uh, go unnoticed a lot of the time, but put in just some fantastic work to help these kids develop and and produce players for the first teams. So um, those are those are the core values that you know connection is everything. For us in the academy, just making sure that we're really well connected to people on a, on a number of levels. Um, and um, we have to kind of live up to our name. I think that's probably another big value is that kind of the Phoenix and it, 
in mythology, the phoenix kind of renews itself uh, and adapts and dies and rises again. And uh, look, we've had to do that a lot of times as the Wellington Phoenix. You know, there's been a lot of tough situations that we've, but we're just uh, resilient and we just kind of pull through and, and come through the other side and keep fighting on. Um, so um, those are probably the biggest values that you feel when you're when you're part of the the Wellington Phoenix. And I think you also see that a lot in how the team performs um, on the pitch as well. Yeah. And just uh, the final question before we get into just having a look at the games this round, Paul, um, what would be your advice to a you know, 15, 16 year old who's you know, in Melbourne and they're trying to, you know, they're going to their first trial with the Melbourne City Academy if there is one or the equivalent, or they're coming over to the Phoenix to trial out for you guys. Like, but what, what are the key things you're looking for in a young player who wants to break into the academy? Oh, look, we're, we're looking at personality without a shadow of a doubt. I think um, you can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't have the right attitude and the right mentality, it's very, very difficult to make it to be a professional. So I think first and foremost, you need to have a good attitude, be coachable, be willing to learn. Um, and be willing to kind of put the effort in because um, I haven't come across a talented player that hasn't worked hard on their game yet. I don't think there is one. So um, working hard is extremely important. And then once we kind of make, once we ensure that we've got those personalities, um, then it's about the players really believing in themselves. And so my message to like young players would be, um, whether you get knocked back or people tell you not good enough, um, if you have that belief in yourself and you're willing to work hard, then uh, you just got to keep going uh, because football is is all about opinions. One person rates you, um, one person doesn't. Um, sometimes you play well uh, and people were there to see it, and other times you don't. You just got to stick to your your dreams and be prepared to kind of work hard for what you believe in, but you've got to believe in yourself. Most importantly, I think that would be my biggest advice to young players. Mm. Yep, it sounds, um, sounds very good, Paul. It's great, it's great uh, insight, I think, for young people and your parents who are listening. Now, what we'll do now, as we always do, we've got four games in the, um, in the A-League to go through in the men's comp, and we might touch very briefly on the Phoenix's away trip and uh and then we'll is Giuseppe can take us through the women's games and um and we might get your comments just on the Phoenix women's side as well Paul in a second and yep, then we'll sure. get your charity and then we'll get your charity bet but if we just kick off with the perhaps the FFA Cup semi-final on uh next Saturday night or this coming Saturday which is the Phoenix out at Geelong interesting venue uh playing Melbourne Victory um, are you quite confident there, Paul? Oh, I think when you get to a semi-final, everyone's mm. going to be confident. You're one game away from the, the showpiece event. Um, it's uncharted territory for us, you know. We've never really had a cup run like this, so I, I know everyone's very excited about it. Um, and the players are pumped. And, um, yeah, look, I think after a kind of a few weeks without games due to the COVID outbreak, being able to kind of play again last weekend um, was great and to get a good result. So I think everyone's spirits have been really lifted. So they're going into the game with a lot more confidence and, and feeling good about it. And yeah, look, I mean, look, 
obviously knocked out some big teams along the way as well. So um, I think, yeah, very confident um, that they can get to the final. They have to be. And in a semi, um, you know, anything can happen in a knockout game. So, yeah, we're all we're all confident. Um, and, yeah, it'd be fantastic if we can get ourselves into a final and, and play for a trophy, which we've never had the opportunity to do. How do you see it, Giuseppe? I mean, have you ever heard of a soccer game being played at uh, the Geelong Stadium there? Uh, yeah, there have been quite a few, I believe, for the past two seasons. So they just repurpose the ground, make it a rectangle, mm. just put all the signage up. I I see the turf there's like really good for soccer there. So it should be a really good game. Mm. And how, what's your views, Giuseppe? You're, um, you're with the Knicks? I'm not too sure. I think I will be. Like, I don't like victory being a city supporter, but. I'll just be comfortably watching this on the sidelines. So, yeah. Okay. I think, I think, as you said, victory coming off the draw pool, Phoenix coming off that exciting win. I reckon they can make the final. So I'll be with you. Okay. Also Saturday evening, well, this is what Giuseppe will be watching. He's got Melbourne City, who are coming off a nice win over the Mariners away, away to Western United, who came off the um, defeat to the Knicks. The Western United team doesn't tend to travel too well, is one of the things we've noticed, Paul. Um, but uh, how do you see that one, Giuseppe? Yeah, very good win last week by City. Uh, I think it will give them some confidence going into this game, and I think we can put at least one goal past United and take the points here. Yeah, I see it the same, actually. I think the City team will be... Um, might just sneak past and it won't be a huge win, but I think they will. Any sort of views on that game, Paul, at all? Well, I think West United have been defensively the best um, this season and, and the yeah. rear guard doesn't get broken a lot. So, um, you know, that, I mean, obviously that was a little different the other night with with the Phoenix with a, a few goals, but um, generally speaking, they've been they've been tight defensively, but mm. Mel- Melbourne are one of the best attacking teams in the league. So we're probably going to see uh, Western United try and be solid on defence and, and play more on the counter-attack and Melbourne City will be up to them to try and break down that block defensively. Um, but they've certainly got the quality to do that. So I'll probably see that as a City just edging it. Mm. Okay, let's uh, then we've got also Saturday evening, we've got the Roar who have uh, coming off the loss to Adelaide, a home loss to Adelaide, which I think was we didn't pick last week, Giuseppe, versus the Wanderers, who I think haven't played for a few weeks now, sort of been very COVID impacted. It's um, the matches up in Brisbane. So can Brisbane sort of get back on track? How do you see it, Giuseppe? Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't they already play Brisbane a few weeks back? And I think that was the uh, Wanderers' yep. first win as well. Yes. Um, I don't know if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, but I think this one will end in a draw. Yep. Uh, any views on that game, Paul? Any insights into those two teams, Brisbane and the Wanderers? Uh, look, I'm a big fan of Warren Moon and the yeah. job he's done at Brisbane Raw. Um, yeah. And so, um, look, I think they have the advantage. They've been playing um, and Warren's a great coach and has got them playing some good football. I think it's really tough for Western Sydney. They've had 
a massive break really without uh, any consistent amount of games and that's a hard thing to go into to go into a run of fixtures without that kind of consistency so i think they're definitely on the back foot uh, and it's going to be a tough a tough away match for them after so many weeks off so um probably i'd say brisbane would be in the driving seat there hmm. okay join you on brisbane then we've got sunday afternoon um sydney hosting the mariners now sydney of course had the draw against the victory but they have been and then previously they'd actually lost to perth but they'd won a couple of games before that or they drew versus brisbane before that but they'd sort of off to a slow start. Sydney have got back on track, uh, hosting the Mariners, who went down to your city last week. How do you see that one, Giuseppe? Yeah, this one will be a good game. 6v7. Uh, Sydney being the home side, I think there'll be an advantage and they will win this one. Um, any insights into those two teams, um, Paul? Uh, look, with the Mariners, they're another team that's being uh, coached at the moment uh, really well by another academy guy that's come through the ranks there, obviously Nick Montgomery, who's spent some time in the academy and has now taken the first team. I think he's doing a great job. Um, yeah. Obviously, the budgets of these two teams and the aspirations of these two teams are, are probably different. Um, so I think uh, Mariners have been you know, doing really well. And I think they've actually got three games in hand on Sydney, um, mm. just with the way the fixtures have worked out. Um, so look, I think it's going to be a really tough one. Um, and there's obviously been some uh, games between them already, which have been tight this season. So yeah, it's this one's probably the closest one in the round, I reckon, to call on uh, on who's there. Sydney are struggling a little bit for, for form, aren't they? Um, just two wins from nine games is, is not mm. great for them and their standards. So um yeah, tough one to call this one. I think if there's a time to play Sydney away, um, it's probably now. So the Mariners will probably fancy their chances, but it, it's going to be a tight game. Yeah, I might join you. I might, might look at the draw in that game, I think, this will be. Uh, and then we have Sunday evening, Newcastle Jets at home to Adelaide. Adelaide last week, of course, had the decent win. Newcastle coming off a week or a little bit of time off, aren't they? They haven't played for a little bit now, so they've been the same. Um, how do you see this one, Giuseppe? Look, I think Adelaide can win this one. They've been playing very well off late after a slow start. So Adelaide United for me. Mm. Um, how do you see how do you see this one, Paul? Have you ever been up to Newcastle in the um, in the ground there? Yeah, look, lovely part of the world, isn't it? Um, yeah, look, I think when we first started the season, the Jets were quite impressive with this way they were playing and the attacking style of that of um, Arthur Pappas and the team there. I think they they started really well, but they've quite similar to Western Sydney. They've been probably the most impacted in terms of not being able to get a clean run of games, and so it is always difficult. And they're playing against an Adelaide team that's played the most games, um, and are always tough to beat um, and you know they're in reasonable form as well so this is going to be a tough one for Newcastle but with them being at home I, I guess they're, they're fancy uh, winning always at home um, but I'd probably say Adelaide might shade it. Mm. Okay now um, just to get Giuseppe just to tell us through the women's uh, round but maybe just quickly from you Paul have you got any insights into 
their challenges and I mean it's a success in itself to set up the Phoenix women's side I thought but um, any insight from you into how that's gone and how the girls are getting on? Yeah it was a long time coming for us you know it's been a long work in progress um, so look first and foremost we're just delighted to have um, the team playing this season um, but massive challenges in terms of how late in the day that was and, and how we put the squad together so you know, Gemma um, and her team have done a great job in just getting the squad um, together and over there. They're obviously extremely young um, this season compared to everybody else. Um, and that brings positives and negatives. They don't have the experience and they're playing in the league for the first time, but they've got that youthful exuberance. And um, look, they're, they're getting better, aren't they? I mean, round by round, I think more and more competitive more of the young players are starting to really step up and find their feet. Um, so, look, it's it's a bit more long term for us. We're we're thinking, and obviously, there's a there's some context there with the Women's World Cup in 2023, and and maybe some young players that are knocking on the door for the for the Ferns team to play in that World Cup. Um, so, look, it's a great um, opportunity for them to be playing in the in the A League Women's competition. And we're really uh, delighted to have this this team out there. Um, and uh, it's been a big challenge, but uh, I think the spirit they're showing in the performances is is winning a lot of people over. Mm. Okay, Giuseppe, did you want to um, just talk us through the games this round? Yeah, absolutely. So the first one is uh, Friday. We've got Western Sydney versus Adelaide United. So Western Sydney coming off a loss to Perth Glory. And Adelaide had a win over Wellington. Mm. I can see Adelaide winning this one. How about you, uh, James? Yeah, I'd go Adelaide, but Western Sydney, a one from seven. Adelaide woman for me. Uh, any tip from you, Paul, at all? Yeah, you'd have to go with Adelaide. Um, they've been pretty good, haven't they? And uh, and uh, sitting pretty well on the table in in fourth there. So I'd I'd say Sydney haven't picked up a huge amount of points. Um, that'd be a tough ask. So I'd, I'd be siding with Adelaide there as well. Okay, up next we've got Brisbane Raw versus Melbourne City. Uh, Melbourne City coming off a three 0 loss to uh, Sydney. It was a top of the table clash. And Brisbane Raw, their last game was oh, also against Wellington, 3-2. I think this one could be an interesting one. But uh, I'll stick with Melbourne City. Yeah, I think the City women's, the, 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 the big established clubs uh, are at a big advantage with the women's comp because they've, they've just got more, in the, in the City clubs as well, the access to the female players and... Um, and because a lot of them are still amateurs. So, you know, it's an advantage to be in the big city with a big club, big lots of grounds and gym facilities and things. So, look, I think it'll be pretty tough this year for the um, more merging clubs. So, city to bounce back for me. Okay, and then we've got Perth Glory playing Wellington. Uh, I'll let you answer this one first, James. Uh, Perth Glory, Payne, Wellington. Well, as you say, the Knicks are getting better every week and Perth, seven from three. Um, oh, look, I reckon Wellington might be able to pick up another draw here. What do you reckon, Paul? Yeah, obviously, we hope so. Like, 
results aren't everything for us this season, um, but the performances are getting better. Um, we've had to play those Sydney teams a lot, um, which are the, <laughs> which are tough, you know. Um, so, look, I think it's a good opportunity for us to play uh, against a team that we haven't um, had to kind of play a lot, and and it gives us an opportunity to to pick up some more points. So yeah, hundred percent. I'd love to see the girls get um, get a draw, or even their first win of the season. Um, so. Fingers crossed that we can do it this weekend. And our final game is Newcastle versus Canberra United. And I think I'm going to go for a Jets win here. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in the Canberra team. It's good to see another team, uh, you know, another non-A-League team, I guess, you know, make it into the women's comp. Um, but, yeah, uh, I think you're probably right, Giuseppe, um, tough so I probably can't see Canberra picking up a win here. Okay I'll hand it over to you Jimmy if you wanted to do the A-League. Okay the men's so first of all over to Paul uh, who's what's the charity who's the uh, charity we're supporting this week Paul? Um, Mental Health Foundation uh, would Great. would be uh, mine. Um, Good friend of mine's just run the Auckland Marathon um, for Mental Health Foundation. We had uh, we had them as our charity um, a few seasons back, where we uh, wore a purple kit um, one, in one of the rounds. I'm sure you remember, um, in mm. kind of honour of the Mental Health Foundation for New Zealand. So uh, I think the work they're doing and is so relevant at the moment. So that would be um, my charity of choice. Okay, I like it. Yeah. Um, so. We have to put a little multi together here, uh, Paul. And I'm going to kick it off then. Um, well, look, Paul, I might leave it to you. Which, which, which game did you like the most in the men's side? Which, which were you most confident in? Was it the Raw? Yeah, I'm going to be most confident in the Raw beating Western Sydney Wanderers. Okay, let's chuck that in, Giuseppe. I think we might uh, bank that. And... Uh, and then I'm going to go, Giuseppe. I am going to go. Um, I'm going to go the draw between Central Coast and Sydney FC at 390. So that leaves you the City game and the Adelaide game, Giuseppe. Yeah, I'm going to go Adelaide United to beat the Jets. Okay, 290. So we'll uh, put that on and. Um, that is going to amount to uh, about $260 for the Mental Health Foundation if that comes in. And if it doesn't, we'll donate the $10 anyway. Uh, awesome. Okay. Now, did we want to do one for the woman, Giuseppe? Uh, absolutely. Uh, the charity is one that I mentioned in our second show, November 24th. Yep. The Streetside Medics, I mentioned it was created by a Dr. Daniel Noir, who was in the running to be the Young Australian of the Year, and he did happen to win it yesterday, so congratulations to Great. him. Uh, along with that, Dylan Alcott, the Australian of the Year. And mm -hmm. I will start off with a Newcastle just win over Canberra. Yeah, it's a good safe bet. I will go, um, I will go, uh, I will go, oh, it's a bit tough, isn't it? Um, uh, oh, I'm going to go City to win. 
So that leaves, Paul, that leaves you Perth and the Phoenix or Western Sydney and Adelaide. Which out of those games you most have a feel for? Well, you never bet on your own team. That's uh, yeah. that's one thing you've learned. So um, I'll, I'll stay clear of the Phoenix game. Um, and I don't so want to jinx that one way. So I'm going to go for um, for Adelaide United beating Western Sydney Wanderers. Okay. Okay. Well, Sipi, you can. Um, we have to just see when the odds come up for those games, and we can put it on. Yeah, it should be um, up by Friday, Arvo. Okay. Well, hey, thanks so much for coming on the show, Paul. Honestly, it's a real honour, and um, you know we really appreciate your time. And um, best of luck for the rest of the season. Thanks so much, guys. I enjoyed it, and thank you for having me. Absolute thank pleasure. You. Any last words, Giuseppe? All good from me. Okay, thanks everyone. Chat next week.